Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of You're Doing a Good Job. And in case you don't know, my name is Caleb, and I am so glad that you are here. All right, where do I even begin? Today's guest, Amber Liliestrom, and on this episode, which is all about expanding our capacity to receive, is probably one of my all-time favorite conversations that I have had on any podcast. I am not just saying that. I went back and I listened to this episode again, and I was just in awe. It's real, it's vulnerable, it's honest, and it's transformative in so many ways. I can't help but to think that so many people are going to listen to this episode and not only feel more empowered in their own lives, but also going to walk away feeling more seen and less alone, especially less alone inside of your grief and inside of your pain and inside of your loss. What I love about Amber and what she does so well in this podcast is that she articulates what it looks like to hold pain consciously. Amber is actually very brave and opens up about a loss her and her family have experienced more recently. And in the midst of so much grief and anger and loss, she does such a beautiful job at articulating what it looks like to hold this pain consciously and goes on to explain why it's so important and what it has to do in regards to expanding our capacity to receive in life. I've been following Amber for years now, and she is someone that I have always admired and respected, and her work has had a profound impact on my life, and I can't help but to think that regardless of where you're at in life, you're going to walk away with something magical, because that's what Amber does and just who she is. On top of that, she is actually a transformational branding strategist and business coach, author, and speaker. Her work has been featured by Forbes, Entrepreneur, and Working Mother Magazine and appeared on countless top-rated podcasts. Amber helps visionary entrepreneurs and CEOs align their purpose with their profit and position themselves as sought-after experts and thought leaders through her life-changing brand love method. She's the author of multiple books, including Paddle Home, Master Your Money Mind, and co-author of Quantum Wealth. Okay, so last thing, and before we dive into this episode, can I ask a big favor? I ask it every week, but if you find this episode useful in any way, it would mean the world to me if you left a review on this podcast or just simply shared this episode with one friend that you might think would benefit from it. That would be so, so helpful. And now that we've got that out of the way, here's what Amber has to say. Yeah, I think with with today, I I just want to have an honest conversation about life uh, because life is hard, <laughs> yes. life is messy, and this podcast is all about for me really learning how to expand your life consciously. Because when we don't expand our lives consciously, we lose ourselves in the process. Yes, right. But by yeah. expanding consciously, we become a, a, a people that are more emotionally aware, present and connected. And when we're emotionally aware, present and connected, we unlock our lives. And mm-hmm. I honestly cannot think of a better guest to have on this podcast than you. Because mm-hmm. when I look at your life, and I've been following you for some time now, you are the epitome, I feel like, of what it looks like to expand your life consciously. When I think of you, Amber, I, I'm like, gosh, she is such an active participant in her life. She has learned how to co-create with the universe and to create a life that she's proud of and that she loves. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Caleb. You're literally, I'm getting teary. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for noticing. It really means, means so much to me. So thank you for that reflection. That's a gift. Yeah. I honestly, I feel like in so many ways you just continually show me and I know other people uh, will agree with this. You show me what's possible. If I can just continue to show up for myself, you show me what's possible. And I think what I really want to explore with our time together today on this episode is I, this, this idea, and you said it on Instagram, which I was like, see, Kara, look, Amber's talking about it too, (laughs) because it's something that my wife and I have been talking about for a while now. Um, and it's learning how to increase your capacity to receive. Yes. Oh, it's so, it's such a big deal. And I'm so, 
I'm so on it right now. So let's crack that. I love that. Together, shall we? Yeah, I, I love it because I look back at my last this last year of my life and it was, oh my gosh, debilitating. Like so many others, it was so debilitating, not just because of COVID, but there was such a metaphorical death that I was experiencing in my life. So true. And when I was looking back, I was like, holy shit. What was really happening was I was increasing my capacity to receive. And so maybe you can just help uh, for somebody that hears that, but doesn't understand that. Like, what does this mean and why is it important? Yeah. (sighs) Okay. So expanding our capacity to receive gives us the opportunity to live more fully and more consciously as the souls we were born to be mm. in these physical containers, right? That I, I, I love to think of my body as my um, sacred opportunity to be here, truly. Uh, it's such a gift. And also it brings so many challenges. And every one of those challenges is also a gift. And I say that kind of jokingly because it's such a frustrating thing when you think about the challenges that we each are faced with. And I immediately think of different people that I know and people in my life that have um, enormous challenges in their physical bodies Mm -hmm. and these physical containers. Um, But I also know that if it were not for these challenges that I have experienced, I wouldn't, I would be a more diminished version of myself and I would be, uh, I would not be as grace filled as I am. And I would not be as compassionate as I am. I would not be as loving as I am. And so I just think everything is an opportunity for expansion. And when we, the places where we trip up is when we start borrowing other people's perceptions or our perceptions or our projections, excuse me, of their perceptions, because Mm -hmm. we don't actually know unless somebody tells us. And then you and I both know because of the work that we're in, others' perceptions are a projection of their perceptions of other people. (laughs) And it's also like this sort of never ending sort of cycle of um, perceived pain and the translation of how we then apply that pain Mm. and how we integrate that pain. Right. So it's like super meta, right. To think about all of this. It's, it's definitely mind warping. I know what I just said. Some people are going to go, what the actual is I'm she still, I'm wrapping my, I'm going back. I'm trying to listen to you <laughs> while going back and being like, okay, I think I get this. <laughs> but here's the, here's the deal, right? Like you only see other people and the world and your experiences and yourself through your own lens. Yes. I can't take my lenses off. It's an impossibility. Mm. And so my biggest work is to improve the quality of the lens through which I'm seeing. Mm. Period. Mm. That's the only thing that matters. <laughs> it's like, that's it. Like, I can't take these damn glasses off no matter what I do. I'm only going to see them through the amber vision. And you're only going to see the world through Caleb vision based upon the collection and the kaleidoscope of experiences that you've had. Yeah. And so where there is pain, where there is suffering is it's an opportunity. It's a spotlight to go and say, Hey, what, what is this making me see? Yeah. And how can I change that? So I'm going to give you a very real time example of something I haven't even talked about anywhere except for just with my husband and with a couple of friends on Voxer. Cause that's where I do my verbal processing with my, my besties. And so literally, okay. So yesterday we went up to an RV place. Uh, we live in New Hampshire. And so there's like RV dealerships everywhere. And I we decided that we wanted to get an RV. We've been doing research about this cross-country trip that we want to plan. And actually you guys are on the list. We're like, we got to go to Nashville. We got to go see <laughs> you guys. Um, right, you're in Nashville, right? Yeah, right yeah. now? Yeah. Okay. And uh, we got to go visit uh, those guys. And we're like excited about this and we're, we're talking about homeschooling and traveling and just all this fun, expansive stuff. And this is on the, this is on the heels of yes, a COVID world that we've just gone through and had our mega transformation, every single one of us in our own ways. Also for us personally, the start of 2021 looked like two failed IVF cycles, Mm. a miscarriage at the end of the second one that Mm. was really painful emotionally, physically, spiritually, everything in between. And just like this reconciliation, this like personal reckoning that I've been going through with just, you know, meeting myself where the end of my fertility maybe exists. Like Mm. that's a whole thing. That's a whole nother episode. Um, this, this identity of motherhood and what that means and 
how I want to, how I want to move forward with that. And it's just, it's just been like this big, 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 big thing for me that just plop in my lap to say, how do you want, how do you want to do this? And so this inspiration, this idea of like freedom has come up and it's felt exciting to us to explore and to think about. And admittedly, like we've just been in this track all these years. And I think COVID cracked this open for all of us, like the schedule and like the school year and the calendars and everything you need to subscribe to, to like work within other people's structures that they've created yes to help you like school is helpful but also like it is limiting too and so it's like how do we look at the expansiveness of of all of these structures that we've subscribed to and look at like how is this simultaneously keeping me a prisoner and also keeping letting me feel free at the same time right like we can do that with every single thing that that we have in our life okay that's this is about possibility right it's about like the quantum, the idea of quantum just means infinite potentiality and possibility. And so I wrote a book with my dear friend, Adrian Peters called quantum wealth. And so it's like, I can't write that book and then not understand that there's infinite potentiality and possibility in every moment, all the time, forevermore. Like the baseline, Caleb, and I'm going to get into the RV story in a second here, but the baseline is actually abundance. Mm. And for most of us, we live in this notion that we're climbing the mountain to get to abundance, that like the baseline is scarcity and limitation and lack and pain and suffering and otherness. But that's actually not the truth. If you spend enough time with a person, it doesn't matter who that person is, you will find treasure. You will find abundance because the baseline is abundance. Like our life, Mm. our existence is the product of true abundance. Mm right? It's like mm, 7.5 billion people plus on the planet. And you and I get to be one of those people. Mm. Whoa. I mean, that is like one in what Gary V always talks about one yeah. in 400 trillion chance of, of like, here. of actually conceive being conceived and living and all this, like, hi, would you say <laughs> you're kind of a treasure? Would you say that you're kind of special? Yeah. Maybe because I can also vouch for the fact that I just had a miscarriage, that embryo didn't make it. Mm. That that being, that soul didn't make it to the physical form, right? And like I can look at that, obviously, and I have my grief, but I also have my wonder to look at that and go, isn't that fascinating? Like that that soul didn't didn't get here the way that Ani did, my wow. seven-year-old, right? Wow, like that's something to think about. Okay. But this isn't also you bypassing the pain. No way. I am in it. It is a hornet's nest. It comes up in moments that I don't expect it to. I am walking with my grief. I am living with my grief. Mm. I'm understanding the weight of my grief. I feel my grief in my physical body. I've had a sore neck for six months. Mm. So like I, I'm coexisting with it and not trying to like smoke it out because that's an impossibility. Right. And it's like, "Mm, who would I be if my heart didn't break over this? Right. And so I have to like really give it the time that it needs. But see, grief isn't a switch that we can flip on and off. Come on. Grief is with us in our livingness, in our daily existence. And so I'm grief. Hey, I see you. I feel you. I will never, I will never banish you. I will never tell you that you're not welcome here because all of me is welcome here. That's the sign that we have in our mudroom. When you walk in the door, there's a sign over the door. It says, all of you is welcome here. And we mean that. So, so all of me, so I have to live that. I have to live that value. All of me is welcome here. And here's what it is hard. I would much rather put my head down achieve a shit ton, be Mm. like the rock star athlete version of me, right? Who can just like score the goals and win the game, put it all on my back. I would that I love her. She's awesome. She's easy. Yeah. The the me that's in bed crying, who like doesn't have anything intelligent to say, anything that is feeling very inspirational. I mean, just last night I was laying in bed at 1130 at night, literally like in a confessional booth to my husband. And he's just laying there listening to me and supporting me. And I was like, this is so gross, honey, but I just have to say every single thing. And I was, I was crushing myself. I wasn't being kind to myself at all. Mm. I was beating myself up, but you know, it was really interesting. And this was, this was a difference from past seasons of life when I've used words unkindly against myself. I got sort of to the tail end of my rant and I thought to myself, you actually don't think any of that's true anymore. Mm -hmm. 
Like there've been times where I wanted to, to be in my victim status and, and cry and like be mean to myself and all, like my tears won't come. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is an act. This is an old habit. This is, a, you are scared to be in your greatness right now. You are mm. scared to, to let people go who are going to be judgmental and who are going to represent these old beliefs that you've kept active within yourself. Like you're scared to let that go and that's okay. But you also have to acknowledge equally that you can't pretend that that's the truth anymore, Amber. Mm. It's like, you. It's like I, I can't even wear that outfit anymore. Like it doesn't fit me anymore, even though it's still in my closet. And to try to wear it is actually the point of great despair and frustration. That's exactly right. Mm. So back to the RV situation, right? So we're, uh, we, we go to this dealership. We just drive. Like we didn't even go on the the listings to be like, do they have what we want? I just said, Ben, can we just like, I just want to go in this direction. There's like two different directions in our state. We could drive right to like, we go North or we could go West. I'm like, let's go North. Okay. And I'm just feeling this intuitive guidance. Like, let's just go North. And then we drive by like these two dealerships. I'm like, nah, not those ones, not those ones. Keep going. Go to the big one with the big flag that we drive by. Like, I don't even know the name of this place. I'm like, go to that one. I can just see it in my mind's eye. So we pull into this place. They have this huge flag, which actually the guy told me, he's like, yeah, that flag's like $10,000. So I'm like, that's pretty rad. Okay. You know, <laughs> you know us go USA, right? <laughs> Got have the biggest flag. So I pull in this, this place, we go in and we see this one RV that is like the one, like what we're looking for, like mm. the size it's cute. You know, like I want, I don't want like the bus. I don't, I don't like that. Like that's too much for me. I just want like the cute one. Like that is like for my little family that feels manageable, like that I could actually drive. Cause I'm terrified of the idea of trying to drive one of those big ass buses. So I see this thing here. I'm like, let's go see that. So we walk in, we meet this guy named Vinny. He's like super sweet. You can tell he's like a grandpa. He walks us out. He brings the keys. He like lets us in. My daughter climbs up on the platform thing and she's just like, this is awesome. (laughs) Like we'd never actually been in an RV in our entire lives, right? So we're just totally exploring and adventuring in this moment. We're like playing. Get inside this thing. It's like every other sentence is like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like has only 1100 miles on it. This is like perfect fit. This is exactly how I wanted it. The interiors, like it just was everything that I could have possibly ordered from the universe. And he goes, well, you guys have like impeccable timing because it got here this morning. Oh, like wow. it just arrived today. They, we don't have, this is, it's the only one on the lot of that size. All they have are campers and the big buses. It's the only one that's there. And I'm like, yeah, that's how we roll. We just manifest <laughs> stuff, you know, like it's like clearly that that's just how we do things. So then we're having this easy breezy experience. It's awesome. Like even Ben's into it because he can be a little more skeptical. He's a little, he's an Enneagram one. He's like very discerning about things. And, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, just run the numbers for us. Let's look at it. Let's just see. And he runs them. I'm like, yeah, that will work. You know, like that's, there's no resistance. Right. I'm like, shit, this is easy. Like, mm. okay, uh, I guess, I guess we're going to get an RV. And so then I said to him, like we, the big thing was Kayla, we live, as you know, we live in the woods. Um, we live down this like long dirt road. And I honestly, I said, I'm like, we're going to have to go measure the trees. Like literally we had to come home and tape measure out the distance. The trees are a part of the start of our road because I'm like, I don't know if it'll fit. Like it might be too wide for our road. Like these are real life problems where we we (laughs) live. It's so funny. So I tell the guy, I'm like, listen, Vinny, like I'll, you know, we'll put a deposit on it just so we can hold it. Um, we got to go home and measure our trees and like figure out if this is actually going to be a realistic thing that we can do. And he's, he's like, great. Nope. No problem. Go do that. We come home, we measure everything fits. And then immediately. Right. So there's this time between this magical experience and then the reality of like old pattern thinking Mm. when expansion comes right. When receiving comes where you got to batten down the hatches and I could feel us both doing it. So I was opening this up to my husband and saying, let's like, what's happening for you right now. And he's like, well, I just feel like we didn't go look at other places. We didn't compare other prices. I don't know. You know, he's like, I think this is like my new England kind of frugality coming up. I want to like go home and do some research. I'm like, honey, that's great. Go home and do some research, pull up all the things. If that makes you feel good, you go do that. And uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm just in the trust of it right now, but I, I appreciate your wanting to do that. And I'll look at that. Here's then what comes up for me. What are people going to think when they see this in our yard? And I don't mean that in like a, um, Ooh, like judgmental. That's going to look trashy kind of way. I mean, in a, in a, they're going to judge our abundance kind of mm-hmm. way. They're going to judge 
our home, they're going to judge the fact that, you know, our vehicles, they're going to judge like what we have Mm. because of their own insecurities about what they don't have. And I realize what a huge pattern that was for me. Oh, wow. And I realized growing up that my parents used to make comments about the neighbors and their campers and their dirt bikes and their stuff that they had. They would make comments about like, why do they need all that? Oh, you know, they, they would judge their wealth. Mm. And I didn't, I hadn't seen it with such clarity. So that experience, this RV experience, it's like at the end of the day, it actually doesn't even matter if we get the RV or not. What matters is I opened up this block, like this, this storyline that I'm still living, that Mm. I'm still perpetuating, that is keeping me from receiving, right? That is keeping me from expanding my capacity and actually attracting in and allowing in what it is that I desire and what that then means. Because the RV is just, it's just a physical thing, but what it represents is sovereignty. What it represents is togetherness. It represents all these values that we have for like how we want to do life and how we want to live and how we want to get, give ourselves the opportunity to show our daughter a different experience than what we grew up with and how subliminally, like we don't even see these, this old patterning, these old programs that are just so hammered in to our consciousness. And so the only way that we crack through that and create new, new pathways and patterns is by uncomfortably pushing ourselves to have new experiences so we can see with new eyes and so that we can expand what our lenses are able to perceive. Come on. I'm, I just want to sit in silence for a minute and really (laughs) absorb (laughs) all of this because there's so many directions that we can go. Um, What I love about that is it's never about the thing. It's about the thing behind the thing. That's right. Right. It's just like very like relationship 101. Like, honey, you're not mad at me for leaving my clothes on the floor. Like, what's this really what's behind the clothes on the floor that we want to talk about? That's right. What I love about what you just said is you live with such a curiosity. Yes. Right. This expanded curiosity of, oh, what's coming up? What's happening? What are the thought processes? I know for some people that's not the reality, right? Right. How do we even begin to get to this place of awareness that you are talking about? Because that's what it is. So I want to make like even go back a little bit further because what you said is like, yeah, this is the journey of increasing our capacity to receive by really observing and getting curious about our experiences and realizing what are the, the limiting beliefs or what's happening behind our experiences because that's the block. When you think about it, that's such a gift. It's such a gift. And we can now observe our pain like this. Yes. Right? Like for right. me, I've always lived with this debilitating ache in my bones, this yeah. deep sense that something is wrong. For the longest yeah. time, I ran from it. I tried to perform my way out of it. I tried to achieve my way out of it, medicate my way out of it, whatever you can imagine. Yeah. Only into these last couple of years did I learn how to befriend this ache. Mm. Did I learn how to bring it closer to me? to get curious with it, to ask it questions. Because I realized on the other side of this ache was the deeper expansion that was going to increase my capacity. But that takes time to get there. So let's break that down. Yeah, it's like that's the golden ticket, you know? Um, the <laughs> entering, ugh, entering your pain is the golden ticket. But, you know, um, I learned that early. I mean, I learned that early as an athlete. So I think in some ways, you know, that has been such a theme for me and I'm really grateful for it because, you know, you know, the, the gear changes, the game changes when you stop trying to resist the pain, Come on. when you stop trying to, um, you know, stay cute and not sweat. <laughs> and uh, not like just feel like you're you're gonna you're gonna die. What I a mean, great analogy! You're, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna break a new record on the fitness test mm. without knowing that at the end of it you're you're gonna feel like you're actually gonna die, mm-hmm. and the trainers are gonna be like, stand up, stand up, because you're gonna be benched over, you know, the whole hunch over thing, closing yourself off because that it hurts so much. I know you're remembering yeah. it in your body right now. As well, I I'm say just it. thinking because sometimes I'll leave the gym and Kara's like, "Do you have a good workout today?" I'm like, "No," and she's like, "Why not?" I was like, "I I know I chose not to go there today yes. because I knew I know what's gonna cost me." And I was just like, I know it's going to cost and I didn't want to go there today. But other days like, oh, I'm choosing this and I'm going there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, and that's it. And you do get to choose. And what a gift, right? Like, again, what a gift. So um, 
<laughs> so I think that that getting to that place awareness, you know, awareness is the doorway. And I celebrate awareness with yeah. my clients. I mean, it is it is just such an exciting place to be. And because once we get to the place of awareness and we can name something, then we're now we're talking, right? It's like avoidance is what happens before awareness. Yeah. And when a person's in avoidance and in denial and active like the active fight against that pain. Yeah. There's nothing you can do with that person except for just hold the space for them and continue to invite them into awareness. And so we all have to have awareness. And so I crave that pain, which, you know, I think, <laughs> I think that my experience this is why you're my soul is sister. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Oh, okay. This really sucks right now. And, um, also I know it's synonymous with growth. Come on. And so in this season of life, it's, it's about a lot of emotional, emotional pain, like emotional cracking. Um, and the places where I edge into that and I meet that is with, it, it's definitely right now this season, it's my motherhood for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, my navigating motherhood of my daughter and understanding like the, the heart wrenching pain of the fact that I don't get to mother her as a baby ever again, mm. you know? And also like, mm, this is a hard question. I'm just going to say it out loud and I'm going to fully own it. How much of me wanting another baby was me wanting to have a do over with my daughter? Fuck. It's you know, like chills. that right there is yeah. that, that is, I've had to, I've had to sit with that in some deep pain. Mm. But on the other side of that, here's the rainbow. It's, Oh, well, what, what does it then look like to fully enjoy being Ani's mom as, you know, as a seven-year-old yeah. and be really uber present with that and to understand, you know, yes, yeah, she's, she's grown and she's not a baby anymore. And there's so much magic at seven and there will be so much magic at eight. Mm -hmm. And like, isn't the ultimate goal for me to just be a mom? Well, well, you already are. And I remember this moment one day of the week, the hardest week, um, when we, when we had the miscarriage or we knew we knew we were going to have a miscarriage. I wasn't having it yet. And so I was still pregnant, but I knew my, my baby wasn't going to grow. And that is a, that's a, that's a pit, you know, that's a hard place. God, yeah. And I'm having to go get blood work every day, every morning, which is disrupting my family in a significant way because I drive my daughter to school every morning. And it's like our bonding time where we get to listen to our music and we get to dance and we get to talk about things. And it's just like, it's our thing. Like we have the drive to school in the morning. And we weren't getting to have that in the same way because, because children are not allowed to come into fertility clinics, at least the one that I'm, I go to. So I couldn't like just leave her in the car and then take her to school. Yeah. Right. So it was like, Ben had to drive us. He'd stay in the car with her. We have to have like this family drive. It was just really disruptive. We have to leave earlier because I have to be there at 7am. But my daughter wanted to be there for all of this, which was like so beautiful, right. Yeah. That my family wanted to be so supportive of this process. And like, that was all her own. That was her choice. Um, but I remember this one day, I'm just sitting in there getting my blood drawn again. And the nurses are saying to me, like all these just, they were being so loving, but they were also being so firm with me. And it was like, they wanted me to take this, honestly, a chemo drug to basically wipe out this potential pregnancy that could have been dangerous to me. And I just knew like, that is not what I need to do. And in some cases, some women need to do that. And it's a, it's a blessing that they have the technology at this point, the medicine to help support women's bodies and to keep women's bodies yeah. safe because I'm ultimately the priority. Right. But I just knew intuitively, Caleb, like that's not what's going to happen. Like my body just, my body knows now that, that we're not pregnant and I have to give her a couple days to just like shift because mm -hmm. all we were focusing on was being pregnant for the last, however many years. And now we finally are. And now I have to, now I have to become unpregnant and I have to let my body do that. Like I can't, I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to punish it. I have to just let her do this. So it's this really painful process and um, having to, you know, fight for myself, advocate for myself while I'm, while I'm shattered, you know, like while I'm like crushed, Ugh, like the, it's just so painful. Yeah. And um, I have this moment where I'm sitting there and I have my arm on the thing and I'm, you know, hit the vein again. Like, here we go. You know, day number, whatever of getting this blood work. And um, I just thought to myself, you know, in this pursuit to create another baby, to welcome another baby into our life. Like I'm not actually mothering the one I have. Mm. I'm not, I'm not showing up for the, the child I have. Like I'm acting like I'm not a mother. And that's like, yeah. that's pain. You know, that's, that's, that's a confession. And so we have to, we have to go to these places where we're willing 
to confess the truth and know that we're going to survive it. Like know that we're, we're called and we're equipped and we're supported Mm. enough to confess the truth. And that's like, that confession was liberation for me because what I realized and what I was able to then come to was I don't want to feel this way anymore. I don't want to feel this way in my body anymore. I don't want to feel this way emotionally anymore. Like I'm, I'm complete in this season with this part of my journey. And, you know, I have been invited into another cycle for IVF, but I don't have it in me. And my body is, is, it's a resounding, I just want to be free. I just want to enjoy this beautiful life that I have. I just want to be here for every little bit of, of my motherhood and, and, and my life, you know, at 39 years old, like I just want to, I want to enjoy it. So this amazing thing happens there, Caleb, right? Where you, you give this confession, you admit what you are ready to let go of. You admit what is no longer working for you. And in that blessing that it's like, truly, it's like a blessing. You get to then revel in what you have, what's already here. Like there's no, there's no work that needs to be done. It's just a moment of shifting my focus to going, look at all this abundance. Like, look how good my life is. Like, look how blessed I am. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And also I'm so grateful and so proud of myself for being brave enough to try. I will never have to regret this because I, I gave myself permission to go for that dream and to go all in on that. And yes, like it's not the happy Instagram posts ending that people want to see, you know, like people are uncomfortable with the fact that this occurred for me in my life. But here's me. I'm not uncomfortable with it. I'm, I'm really proud of my journey. I'm really proud of my body. I'm really grateful that I've been led in this way. And I also know that God is going to give me other opportunities yeah. and invitations that I couldn't possibly conceive of in this moment just yet. Man, Amber, wish I can give you a hug. <laughs> I, yeah. uh, there's so many things. I, I'm curious about a couple of things. One, like, I just can't, when I'm hearing you speak about how honest you're willing to be with yourself and your, your willingness, which probably I know wasn't easy to show up fully for yourself in the season, because you're right. You could have shut down. You could have dismissed. You've could have ignored. You've could have went a completely different route, but you chose to honor you and to be patient with yourself and to trust that your life is being held in this moment. And that takes so much courage. And the only thing I keep thinking is like, when we're willing to go to that place of such great loss and to really sit in the depth of that pain and that darkness for as long as it takes, my God, the space that you've just cleared. Mm -hmm. I just like, I'm just thinking of, and not that this has to turn into anything, but what you just did, this is the epitome of increasing our capacity to receive what is for us, what is available for us, what is trying to make its way into our lives. That's already good. That's already at the baseline of abundance. And so I'm just, I, I'm, I'm so sorry that you've had to go through this, but I'm equally so excited to watch how your life unfolds from this moment forward. Thank you. Yeah. You know, we, we actually, um, have we're working with an adoption uh, uh-huh. agency, and I just feel so excited about that as being this beautiful blessing. But I also feel like really no attachment, which is pretty cool too. And I think that it's opened me up to living what I what I teach and what I know to be true about this the mystery of how life unfolds in our favor mm-hmm. and. You know, I mean, I, I've been through so many heart-wrenching experiences in my life, like so many of us have. And I just think, man, you know, it's only gotten better and better and better Yeah. Uh, from those really rock bottom moments. It's like, well, geez, this was hard, but like how much better does it get to become? And so, you know, I'm on the precipice. I'll be 40 in September. And um, I don't know, it just, it feels like I've had moments where I'm like, oh, this is what my parents were going through when they were getting into a new decade. Like, that's why things are really hard. Oh, this is like that air quotes for sure. Midlife crisis. Cause I don't, this is not my midlife. I'll tell mm. you that. 
and I plan to be here for much longer. And, but, but it did give me this fun question to ask, what do I want the next 40 years to look like? Yeah. You know, and I take that question very seriously. And I think about the future versions of me who I can, who I can see in the, in the distance. And, you know, she just looks back and goes, oh, babe, you know, man, that was so, that was gnarly. That was really hard, but like, it's so good here. Like way to go that you persevered through that, that you kept your faith through that, that you continued to play through that. And um, it makes me think of something Ani said yesterday. Uh, we were, we have an in-ground trampoline. That was a whole internet yeah. Instagram saga. Was <laughs> I mean, that's a whole metaphorical situation that we put this thing in and we found a thousand pound bump underground. We could have never known was there. And my husband, God bless him. He was, he and his dad just worked that thing. And now it's eight feet under and we are jumping on top of it and life is great. But, um, she said this thing yesterday, we're sitting there and she goes, you know, mom, and she was talking about the trampoline install, but, but it was so, it was so profound in relationship to our whole journey, especially in the last like season of life. And she said, you know, mom, it was like, things got really hard. Like they, mm. they were like really kind of bad. Like it wasn't feeling good. And then like all of a sudden it just, it just got better. And like, we just stuck with it and like, look, we're jumping right now. And I was like, yeah, babe, you know, like try not to like just burst into tears on her, like totally profound statement that she's sharing here. And it makes me think of like the song that is our theme song in our family right now. This year is the song um, bones by Marin Morris, oh, yeah. where it talks about like the, you know, we took a hard laugh through the hard times and, oh, it just makes me cry to sing it. But it's like the, when the bones are good, like the foundation, like we, the bones are so good, you know, like they're so good. And I, and I just want everybody to hear that, like put that song on, please put the link in the show notes. Everybody listen to that song, like the bones of who you were born to be, like who you are in your core, like the, like the gift of you, because you are a unique creation. You are a unique choice. Like you are an individual soul with just so much potential. I mean, infinite potential, the bones are so good. Like you in your, your fiber and the core of who you were born to be, like what you've overcome, what you survived, what you know, as a result of all of that, like the way you love the bones are so good. S- receive that. Mm. That's the foundation from which all of your life gets to be built. Yeah. I just keep thinking like when you say that, like that really resonates with me. It's along the same, the lines of, you know, abundance, Right, we're living from a place of abundance. The the baseline is abundance. I keep thinking about this last season of my life as I got to Nashville. I resisted Nashville so hard because I knew that in leaving Los Angeles, I had I couldn't I I intellectually could have sent to this place and know that this wasn't true, but it was in my bones. I couldn't help. I, I was I failed. I felt that deep in my bones and to walk away from Los Angeles and to move to Nashville was going to be for me this necessary grieving process that I was going to have to engage in as I realized that, oh, my life didn't change the way that I expected it to change mm-hmm. or I'm not where I thought I would be at this place at where I'm at in life right now. I'm not there yet. And so leaving Nashville, I was just like, oh my God. I got to go and take this time to intentionally create space in my heart and in my life to grieve and to let go. And I did. And I remember laying right behind me on my floor and I was breathing one morning. And I got to this point of like, after about 10 to 15 minutes of just deep breathing, I laid there for a second and it was the first time in my life where I honestly can say, Amber, I didn't want to be anywhere else other than where I was Mm, in that moment. There was just this like, deep sensation of like almost like mother earth was wrapping your arms around me and cradling me and hugging me and I was just for this moment I felt like oh my god this is what new life looks like in this season to be fully showed up showing up for myself and to be living in the present not wishing I was anywhere else and that is the place of like the bones are good abundance is the baseline I had this realization of like holy shit, the ground that I've been trying to attain my entire life is the ground that I've been standing on. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, all these gurus that I would get, everyone hears it, right? Everything that you're looking for is within you. I'm like, Shut the hell up. Like it would, you'd get so aggravated at that. <laughs> or at least I did anyways. I'd get so aggravated at that. But as I have created this space in my life to sit with my pain, to process my pain, to befriend my loneliness, to befriend the darkness, to befriend the ache, to get close to it and to get curious within and ask what's really going on here. What opportunity are you showing me to expand my life? All of that, and especially this past year, as you've, as you've spoken about, was all about increasing my capacity to receive. You know what that did for me? More than anything, it's allowed me to deepen my love with my wife. Yeah, I didn't realize how holding on to these unmet expectations or these thoughts of where I thought my life should be. As I let that go, exactly what you said, it allowed me to shift my focus to what is here now. Right. And it's this beautiful relationship that I'm growing that I think yeah. is just miraculous on so many levels. And it's allowed us to deepen our lives in just right. such a beautiful way. Mm. It's so interesting, too, how um, I was thinking of two things while you were talking. One is that care is a reflection of the of your capacity yeah. to love yourself. Because mm. she loves big, mm-hmm. big, 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 bigger than you could have ever even imagined. Absolutely. Right. And so you get, you get to receive that, but you get to receive that because you, you were willing to give that to yourself, even if you didn't know how. Yeah. Can I honestly just pause right there? Yeah. Early on in my relationship with Kara, we were probably like three weeks into dating. I had this moment where I was like, Kara, I'm not saying this in a a mean way. And this has nothing to do with you, Kara. I said, but I understand why guys couldn't choose you. Mm. I understand why guys couldn't Mm. actually go the distance with you and choose you because in that moment I felt that like for me to choose her was going to require me to choose myself in such a deep way which meant that I had to go deeper and create the space for that relationship so beautiful I mean what a gift right and I and I think about the parallel of that in my relationship with Ben and also you know he wouldn't have consciously been able to necessarily say that Mm. but he but he lives it. Mm. And, and I watch him integrate deeper love with himself and acceptance of himself because of, well, it's not only me. Now he has Ani, who is this little wonderkind, you know, and she's just so open. And so, I mean, everything's just so simple for her, you know? So it was like when I was having that worry yesterday about the, well, who, oh, you know, we have like, we have like four vehicles in our driveway. Like that, that's like a lot, you know, I'm like that, that I said, I literally said this to my seven-year-old and I was like, I don't know. I feel weird about it. And then she goes, she goes, um, mom, there are no rules on how many cars you can have. You can have <laughs> 10 cars if you want. And she's like, it doesn't matter. There's no rules. And I was like, Oh my God, you're totally right, babe. What am I even talking about right now? Like, you know, and there's just no limitation there. And so it's so fun to get to play together, you know, all three of us and into these places of possibility. The other thing I was going to say, Caleb, is that when you are in the presence of a person mm-hmm. who is so intimately uh, experiencing themselves, their own evolution, they're not running from their pain, they're not avoiding, you can have a much more intimate relationship with them. And there's just this energetic of trust. And there's this ability to just like completely be yourself and to relax. And just as you were saying in that beautiful example of why uh, you understood why it was hard for other men to be in relationship with Kara. It was because they were not willing to go there. And so they, it was easier to run mm-hmm. than to sit in the presence of that pain. And I will say like being just who I am and the fact that I enter my pain so openly, like just, you know, it's like, it's like the, the back kitchen door at a restaurant, like, Oh, we're going back in there right now. You know, it's a swinging door getting back into the pain and the feeling of it all, like being honest in real time about what's happening, whether that's in relationship with myself or with my partner or with a friend, even like having developed intimate relationships with friends where we can say like, Ooh, that kind of stung a little bit. Can you help me understand what's going on Mm -hmm. there? And being brave enough to have those conversations. It just, it makes for just so much more fun. I think like, I, I just want to be with people who are, who are running back into the kitchen and, and accessing their pain in real time. And like, we get to talk about the recipe together and we're not, it's not like this 
thing. And so, so it actually sometimes can be a little isolating because not a lot of people want to hang out with you when you're that open. And that's like, I often experience people saying to me, like what they, what they enjoy most about me is that they, they love how real I am. Mm -hmm. That's like verbatim, right? I just love how real you are. And I laugh sometimes. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> what do you define as real? Like, uh, you know, like, what is that? I laugh about it because I'm like, I'm curious to know like what real means to them. Um, but I don't know any other way to be. Yeah. And I just think like, can we all just put it out on the dinner table and stop pretending that like the stuff we went through as kids wasn't a real thing, mom? Can we just like clear this up right now? Can we just, because the common goal is this, love. Mm. The common objective in the centerpiece of my family, whether that's my extended family, my core family, or like the, the three of us here in this home and this family we're building is love and being more together than we are apart. And we mean that not only physically, but we mean that emotionally. And so there are certain people in my family that can't really do that, yeah. but that's okay. Like I'll wait you out. I'm not going to run away. Yeah. Right. So it's like, I think that to me is the objective. Like that, that's the, that's the, the goal it's like you and I get to sit together and have this kind of an intimate conversation and fully accept each other exactly where we are and, and not other each other in any way, shape or form. Like that is my dream of dreams for, for all of us, for society, for, for us in our own experiences. And I teach women how to do that within themselves so they can bring that home to their families as well. That's beautiful. I love it. You've said it a few times on this episode and it's just this willingness to be honest. Yeah. Like it takes a yeah. lot of courage to openly speak out some of your inner thought processes that you're having. Karen and I are on going or um, experiencing something right now. And I've had to say like, Kara, like I'm having this moment and I want to just be honest with you. This is the internal dialogue that I'm having. And I just can't help but to think like what we are looking for, what you've demonstrated today and what you really reflect with your life and how you live it. You live an honest life, Amber. And living an honest life is the key recipe mm -hmm. or is the key to actually learning how to co-create and partner with the universe and to receive everything that's already waiting to enter into your life. Like we can't, if you think about it, when we don't live these honest lives, when we, if it, it can be as easy as saying yes, when deep down you want to say no, Correct. that moment of dishonesty is a small act of self-betrayal. That self-betrayal mm -hmm. leaves you feeling disconnected from yourself and therefore disconnected from your life. How in the hell are we ever going to get to this place where we can co-create with the universe and to create a life that we can be proud of and a life that we can call our own if we're not willing to be honest with ourselves? And I think when we mm -hmm. look at that from a macro perspective, it can be debilitating, it can be overwhelming, but you sum it up. So like, where do I start? Just be honest. Mm -hmm. What is going on in that thought process of yours that That's you it. need to be honest about, to speak out, to confront, to just be honest with yourself? Yeah. Give your truth wings. Yeah. That's like, beautiful. Let it get out in the air. Let it fly. Let it stretch. You know, let it, let it fall to the ground. That's okay. It can get back up. Yeah. Man. Amber, I'm so, I'm so thankful for you. Um, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I love you. Um, I'm so thankful for you. I so I, I've said it earlier, but I just honor you with every fiber of my being. And I'm so, so grateful that you have continually said yes to your journey um, of really just deepening your life because in your deepening, you are increasing your capacity to really bless other people as well. Mm -hmm. And you have, and you have blessed me tremendously. And my wife, she's like obsessed with you. So I just want to say oh, thank God. you. <laughs> thank you, Caleb. This was just such a, such a joyful conversation today. And thank you for giving me the opportunity just to share my story yeah. uh, with your community and the work you're doing matters so much. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Um, kind of like, you know, sister style, like I'm just so <laughs> proud of the, what you have overcome. And um, I know it's been tremendous. It's been immense. It's been, you could have chosen so many different pathways than the one you have. 
And I'm just so proud of you for, for staying connected to your inner light and to your inner splendor. And, and then, as you just said to me, blessing other people with the gifts of what you've learned and with your tremendous heart, you just have such a capacity to mm-hmm. love. And you do that so beautifully as, as a man in a society where that hasn't been always as welcomed as it should be. And so you're just blazing this trail and leading so beautifully. And um, I'm so happy to call you a friend. So thank you for the opportunity thanks um where can people find you at or do you have anything coming up i know you're putting on events and things like that yeah yeah thanks um you know we i i do coaching programs for people who've got big dreams and want to figure out how to how to bring them into being i mean that's really what my work is about and i work specifically a lot with entrepreneurs because you know when we create businesses it's the doorway to i believe change the course of history you know to really create a new trajectory uh, to create independent wealth in our own economies. I just believe in that so, so strongly. And um, that's how my family operates now. But we used to be corporate people too. Ben used to be a police officer. So the fact that we live just a really different life, I want to show other people how to do that. So you can go to my website, amberlillistrom.com and check out information there, schedule a breakthrough call just to explore where you are and what kind of support you need. Um, I also would love to talk about my book, Paddle Home, Please. real quick. So yeah, I just, I wrote this book. It came out in April. Um, It's a poetry book and it is, it's really a, it's called Paddle Home Poems and Passages. And the, the mission of this book is to help you just feel known, you know, to help you feel seen, to help you understand that you are not alone in, in your own evolutionary processing and expansion. Um, It's, it's poignant that it came out at the end of my 40th, you know, or the start of my 40th year, essentially. Um, and this book, I had the dream of writing this when I was like five years old. Wow. And so I've been writing it for so, so, so long. And I'm just so happy that it's out in the world. And it's just, it's a, it's a work of art. Uh, my dear friend, Lauren Bodwell's photos are, are mixed within it. And, um, yeah, it just, it feels just super important to me to, to have as many people just experience that for themselves as possible. So you can, of course, just go to my website also to grab a copy of that. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And I have a podcast. I'm on Instagram, you know, all those fun places. And I would love to connect. And I, I urge you guys, if you're listening to this, to please share this episode mm-hmm. to promote and, and sponsor and support Caleb's work and get it out to more people. If this was helpful to you today, um, you know, as creators, we, we just, your support means the world. Mm-hmm. And when you guys are giving us feedback on what is helpful to you, it really blesses us. So please do that for us too. And, <laughs> and tag us so we can share it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Amber. Thanks for being you're with welcome. me today. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.